0: Syria fans everywhere, from our nation's capital, this is Curve cool America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. I'm Chris with Marco... Tad is in Sicilia, still in Italy, so to soften that blow of missing Tad, we're joined for a second time with our buddy from Roma Club DC and Chiesa di Toti, Sam. How are you guys? I'm good, how you doing? All right, Sam, welcome back, man. Thanks for filling in.
1: It is a pleasure to be here in Tad's house without Tad.
0: Without <laughs> Tad, yeah. Well, we um, are with Pepper. That's right. Yep, shout out to Pepper, the podcasting pug uh, at our feet running around. Sam we haven't seen you or the club for a little bit because of Roma wedding derby. This is the first time Marco and I are back
2: uh from Rome. Marco man, what'd you think? Oh man, it was a dream after Rome we uh me and my girlfriend we went down to Naples and then Sorrento uh man i was it was like literally living inside of a like a desktop wallpaper, you know what I mean <laughs> It was perfect and uh a little loopy today at work. People try to like bombard me with work, and I was just like, honestly, not today. No not siesta. today.
0: Still on Italy time. I'm, I'm right there with you. It's still taking some time to uh, adjust back to American pace of life.
1: Hey, fellas, for everyone here stateside, what was the best meal you had?
0: I got this one. So wow. uh, as all meals that are just the greatest ones, um, we were walking around. We had a few first-timers in my group that I stayed with in our Airbnb. And now uh, we're in Trastevere, which is uh, across nice. the Tiber River. And uh, just this small spaghetti place that was not near anything in particular in Trastevere. It was just on a, a quiet street that we sat down for lunch. Those are the best ones. That's, that's exactly yeah. right, man. That's, that's how it worked. And it was just awesome.
1: It was Nona in the kitchen? I don't think
0: it was anything like that uh one of those places, but uh definitely some some uh old owners walking around uh mm-hmm. and and just some table wine, nothing special, but just just the best pasta it just tastes different over there.
2: it's yeah. just crazy. I got some cannelloni at this place called Vanni, which is kind of a more upper scale place, kind of i mean they have like a nice brunch uh that or like a buffet that you can go to. Had some cannelloni there, and then I went to a las—I got this lasagna at this incredible spot that was similar to what uh, Chris is talking about. You know, kind of in the back alley of a place in Trastevere. Place was awesome. I got a lasagna there. It was just so good, man. I just—I'm just you know so sad right now. Well,
1: I I went and got Chipotle. Chipotle? All yeah, right. That, that was, I was yeah, going to say, was, you're going to get some, cool.
0: some Stouffer's lasagna? No, to, to... <laughs> no, mate. No, I uh,
1: did get uh, did get some Trader Joe's reheatable food, though.
2: There so, you go. Uh, yeah. Yeah, All right. Chipotle, man, it's good every time. <laughs> Hits the
0: spot. <laughs> well, I'm glad uh, we didn't miss too much of the food stuff here in the States, but uh, the Derby itself, man. So we went with Roma Club DC. I said on the last intro of last week's podcast, for all our listeners out there, if you have a a, a supporters club that you can go with, I saw uh, Milan Club New York. I think uh, was was at the game this week up in Milan. Just an awesome experience. So just being able to shout out the anthem with the guys, it was it was really cool. So. Yeah,
2: almost brought tears to my eyes. And we got to see Totti in what could be his last uh, derby. You know, but we'll see what happens with that. A little foreshadowing for the discussions up ahead. Yeah, it was an awesome experience uh not such an awesome game and uh honestly the defozy were a little bit off too because they were protesting but right look anytime you're able to make it to a roma derby and you're a big roma fan it's uh you know it's definitely one of the highlights
0: yep no uh just you, you got to do it if you, if you have the means by all means just just go check it out all right, so now that we're back, we got two out of three guys. Let's jump, to guys, to our social media on AS Roma three hundred and sixty Curve America. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We got an email account, Fabio Curve America, to hit us up there, and you can also find the podcast on AS Roma three hundred and sixty. That's a
2: website, um, and there's a podcast tab for us. So by all means, find us there. Don't forget to rate and comment, guys. I'm on the rate and comment uh, comment duty this week, because Tad is out. But we did actually get a new comment on iTunes. Uh Chris, why don't you read it that's out?
0: That's right. Man, we're we're all filling in without Tad here, doing doing things he usually does. So it's it looks like we got two new ones. Um First one was uh, uh back on April 17th. Apologize if we're repeating that one, but great podcast for the American Serial fan. That's what we're going for. Honest commentary and trying to be funny. So that's definitely us. We mean trying. Trying. this. <laughs> It's it's uh get out of here. It's a subjective choice. So uh, yeah. who wrote that? <laughs> oh man, C- look certified hooligan or something like that with numbers and everything else. So appreciate the feedback on that. And then the second one was uh, so glad to have found these guys enjoying the commentary. Must listen for soccer American soccer fans. Even better that they're Roma supporters. So I think we got a fellow Romanista there. Hope to see you guys in Boston for the ICC. You definitely will. Daye Roma. So. Appreciate All you guys. Right. Yeah. Thank you well, for... That guy, uh,
2: that guy gets the grand prize. Man, he's legit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did he spell it right?
0: Which part? Daya. Daya. Yes, he did. He All got right. the Romanesque. Well, I love well that. Well said. Yep. I love that. So, yeah. So, we appreciate you guys. Uh, we're on SoundCloud as well. Um, Thomas, as always, appreciate your your thoughts, man. You're You're, uh, you're an all-star for us. So, with that said, guys, we're about to jump into breaking down week 35. What are we drinking? To Marco, we got to uh, thank you for this.
2: Yeah, well, i was I w- tired of looking in Tad's fridge and not finding any beers. <laughs> like a true scavenger. I, was, I grabbed some beers out of my own fridge this time. And uh, sweet water going coastal with the IPA with pineapple in it. It's pretty good, man. It's not, too, it's not like fruity, really. It's just, yeah. you know. Yeah tasty i don't know i don't know how you feel about it i mean it's I, not a foster's
1: well, well first of all marco no one drinks foster's in australia i'll dispel that myth Thank right you. here right now i like fosters. But, uh, no well you shouldn't foster's is trash <laughs> so know? now we know we yeah. have the
0: record the aussie tells us don't drink foster's all
1: right that's right I should go now. <laughs> my, my public service is done. Thank you, sir. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you're drinking a Budweiser, it looks like. We can give you advice on beers that you shouldn't be drinking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm going to finish it off here with uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon, the PBR, the Nastro Azuro of America. Cheers to all our listeners out there. All right, guys. So beers in hand. Hope everyone can settle in. Enjoy the podcast. Let's start off with the rundown. This week brought the Derby della Mole in Torino. Super subs making the difference in a couple of games. OTF4 scoring a touchdown on Sampdoria. Both Milan teams crapping the bed and Critone playing like a Serie A level soccer team. But unfortunately, so is Empoli in Genoa. So let's go, guys. Off to the top five. All right, up first as always, the entire season, Juventus, Torino. We got our derby game, Derby della Mole. This one finished one one, and Iguain puts
2: a cherry on top of his week in this one, guys. Marco, you got this game. It's true, man. He's at it again, and this time he gets subbed in late and pulls the result uh, every single time. I mean, me and Sam were talking about this early. The the stats we not really reflective of the game. Uh, it was back and forth. And actually, Torino, for the most part, you know, they really could have gotten a point here. So, look, the game starts out with Juve spring shots at Joe Hart. I mean, it goes on the whole game, especially later on in the game. We'll talk about that in a second. But, look, after a poor season, Joey the Heartbreaker, he's got a good game this time around. He could well have been man of the match as well. Uh, but the scoring starts with Yaich. He gets a sick free kick. He puts El, to- el Toro ahead. I mean, look, he takes his free kick in the second half. It hits the corner of the U9, yeah. and Nato's standing there scratching his head. He's like, man, I come in one game a year, and this guy <laughs> yeah. literally puts the ball in the most impossible spot. Like You, you got to feel for the guy, right? Yeah, that's,
1: that was top shelf.
2: Got to give him the golf clap for that. I mean Torino looks to be potentially sneaking a, a win here but it's you know we've been there 20 million times uh, guys this is just the Juve we know and the old lady just don't sink that easily uh aqua gets a second yellow uh i thought that the tackle was a little harsh the controversial yellow marco it controversial was controversial all right Let's well this, i think the second one was not as controversial maybe the first one was soft
1: sure but the two formed a
2: controversial red card yeah, yeah. sam and,
0: came in hot on this one uh to the podcast
2: tonight so <laughs> yeah well you know look so that guy was aqua was playing playing with fire going in on that second tackle And, uh, you know, they're in Juventus Stadium. Juve somehow gets, you know, a couple shakes of the leg. Uh, They always seem to get a call here and there. And uh, in this case, it really ended up hurting Torino. Iguain gets subbed in after Juve is really just barraging the Torino net. And uh, he does it again. It's his third goal in, in the week. He scored two against Monaco. And he scores a beauty. He takes a touch, and he looks like he's going kind of to the outside, you know, heading backwards out on the 18, and then he just rips a shot to the far post. Joe Hart, despite his great game, couldn't get to it. There you go, one-one. I mean, the 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 league table after this win, it's just now Juve can win the the league in Rome. And had they lost this game, it could have been interesting.
0: Yeah, that's the season right here. It's just Juve, just just out of grasp. Every week, you think we're right there. They've given up points this this year. I mean, we've had chances to catch them, and uh, it's just you get little things like this. They snag a point when they when arguably they uh, uh, they shouldn't have. So
1: yeah, I, I gotta say, first of all, the goal by Higuain, that was legit. I mean. They're a championship team. That's why they're knocking on the door in 91st minute. Like, no one would be that surprised that he can execute on that final play. But what I will say on behalf of all Serie A fans is that it doesn't help when they have an extra player on the field for the last 30 minutes at home. I mean, you had to have been confident that, you know, Toro could have got the points with this. They're, they're leading for not, like, Right up to the 90th minute, and having a player as influential as Aqua, getting that red card, that killed him. Like That yeah. that absolutely killed him. It took all the momentum away from him. And I, I don't know. For me, I thought it was harsh. He got the ball. I, I thought that was an okay tackle.
2: Yeah, it's just the way his back leg was, was dragging. That was it.
0: The back leg got the foot, and it looked he sold it. He, he went down and he sold it.
2: But hey, look, man, Mija was on your side with this one. He yeah. got he got kicked out of the game. But look, you know this is just a continuation of an amazing week for Juventus. Let's talk about the Champions League game. I was watching it in Sorrento, a beautiful, beautiful town. Uh, a couple of Juventini in the in the in the bar. It was an English were. bar. Um, <laughs> but I gotta say, I was cheering for Juventus as well. You know, don't tell the rest of the Roma fans in the world. But with that, you know, two away goals in Monaco, it really puts them in the driver's seat for the return leg. They got to be careful because Monaco is honestly nasty. I mean, this is the ultimate FIFA team. Yeah, They got freaking <laughs> Bernardo Silva, super slimy, you know, left footed guy, really tricky on the ball. Mbappe. Mab- how do you say that? I
1: don't know. I was going to say Mbop, like Mbappe the, you remember like that. like the song?
2: Yeah. yeah. yeah Hanson?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was around in the
2: 90s. I mean, he's he's 18 years old, but he plays like he's like 28. Yeah. He's so got a yard of pace on anyone sick. who
1: steps on him. So yeah.
2: Falcao. I mean, it's a dangerous team, but, you know, I got to...
1: Well that that's were- what was so impressive about them taking away the two points. I mean, it was just a masterful disciplined performance. They went in there, they showed the Street Smarts. I mean, this isn't Juve's first rodeo. They've often fallen short in the Champions League. And I tell you what, my hat's off to Allegri. He really got him playing the perfect brand of football and to shut out Monaco at their home stadium. They you know, well a- done.
0: After shutting out Real too, right? I mean, yeah. Barca. Uh, uh, Barca, sorry. Uh, no, same sort the thing. Same thing, but same. After, after shutting them out too, I mean, that's, that's really good for Serie A, I feel like, because yeah. if we're shutting down big teams like that...
1: Well, I always feel like I'm always harping on about, man, this Juventus team, and like uh, a lot of people that don't watch the league, they probably you know, don't get it, think, oh, yeah, the rest of the league's just trash, but this just goes to show that this Juventus team, they're, they're fantastic.
2: And I mean, more than anything, Danny Alves, man, this man oh, is yeah. immortal. Yeah, he's yeah. so good. And the balls is to assist this last game to Iguain. Yeah, we're talking about Higuain scoring this, you know, beautiful tie, tying goal against Torino. But the two finishes he had uh, against Monaco were clinical. Again, Danny Alves with the perfect balls and you know one back heel and one perfect lofted ball to the back post. Look, they've only given up two goals. The entire competition, and we talked about already, similar to Italy when they won the World Cup, you know, like they're just on a roll. It seems like a Real Madrid Juve final is imminent, especially with Real just waxing out Atletico in that first game. It's going to be a really good final if these are the two teams going. And again, I think that Juve is in the driver's seat right now.
0: And I like that. I and mean, Juve, like we said, representing Syria, we have to compete against them in our league. I think that's good for the league that all of
2: Europe sees how good Juve is. I will say one thing that's cool about you is that they got a lot of Italian players. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like yeah. they're a top team in Italy, but they got all Italian players that in that the defense, back. That's yeah. A couple the, solid the national team. Yeah, really. A couple yeah. solid players up front or in midfield. Um, uh, and so they really do represent Italy and, uh, you know, I would love to see more Italian players on, on the other teams as well. And again, that's, that's one of the cool parts about Juve. So uh, onward to hopefully the Champions League final. But this second leg will be interesting because I think that Monaco is going to, you know, basically throw everything with the kitchen sink at them. Two
1: words, Marco. Juventus Stadium. Oh yeah, that's right. That is why they will win this. Yeah. They are just impenetrable at home.
0: I just had a question being a Napoli, right? Uh, what was the reaction? Do you find Napoli fans when you were there willing to cheer for Juve for the Champions League? Or uh, did they take the same approach? Or they were truly just Juventino fans, and
2: that was it. I think that uh, being on the podcast made me a little bit more bipartisan. Uh, but when I was at the uh, restaurant one night, I, I said to the waiter who was a Juventino, I said, hey, man, I'm a Roma fan, but forza Juve for Champions League. And then the other waiter goes... What was that? Yeah, (laughs) and I turned to him and it's like I was like, "Well, uh, who do you support?" He's like, "I'm a Napoli fan. Never fought to say you and never." And I was just like, "Come on, man! Just for the Champions League?" He's like, "Not even for the Champions League. I can't believe you're you're cheering for you." And I, I, for a second, I felt bad. but I was like, "Come on, man."
0: Yeah, right. I mean, that's representing Italy. You gotta. I don't know. I I get both. I get. It's complicated. Yeah, it's it's complicated. Yeah. uh, Anyway, maybe if it was Milan,
1: yeah, I right. think it'd
2: be easier. Well, I yeah, think right. it's also because <laughs> of the, the fact that they stole Gonzalo Higuain. Yeah, so. that's true. Yep. that hurts a little deeper in that area. All right.
0: So we got Juve first place, as always, 85 points. And we got Torino in ninth place with 50 points. Up next, we got arguably the game of the week. We've got Roma and Milan. This one finished
2: 4-1 in Roma's favor. Guys, this was a fun game to watch. Um, You know, of course, we're Roma homers, so we're going to say that. uh, But they were really attacking. It was like they they just had a major chip on their shoulder after that embarrassment of the derby loss. I think Pepper agrees. Pepper's with us. Yep. Audible moaning. (laughs) And I mean, as usual, Mo Salah, extremely dangerous. I'll tell you what, when we were watching the derby, that guy was impressive. Yeah. I mean, with the speed that he attacks defenders – uh, you can see why he, you know, so easily cuts through the defense because he's got so much pace. And despite his lack of finishing at times, his dribbling is pretty on point. And
0: the way he just deadens the ball, too. I mean, we, we definitely catch him on the run, and he
2: just deadens it and then makes his move uh, with control. He, he's impressive. Man is nasty. I think that if he trimmed down that throw, too, he'd be a little faster. <laughs> so, I mean, again, being super dangerous... Uh, He helps create Jekyll's first goal. I mean, they actually do like a double one-two and then Jekyll, right foot, curl to the U9. Beautiful goal. I mean, he could have had a couple of those in the derby if it weren't for the goalie being a freak of nature that that game. That
1: goal was the sort of Jekyll confidence goal. You just, I don't know, like that shot just doesn't go in for him last year nine times out of ten. But Yeah. yeah, this weekend, bam, goes in. Yeah, the,
0: different bowl games. Exactly. The two games, man, but seeing him live in Rome last week, oh my God, just he was awful. Yeah. He was so bad. He's bad. And then this game, uh, just a different player. I mean Well, he was
2: bad, but he still had chances, you know? Like, right. I mean, the the OTFR goalie made an incredible save in the second half. Um, but then he scores his his second goal. Uh he had some Perotti Perotti corner. And he takes Roma to the halftime with a 2-0 lead. Guys, that's Jekyll's 27th goal. He's two goals away from the Roma single-season record.
1: That's right. In the same sentence, we just bagged out a 27-goal striker. I know. Saying he's not doing enough. I like,
2: know, man. Chris <laughs> is still not
1: convinced, I'm telling you. Because <laughs> how, many of, fans, how huh?
0: many of those goals are just little, they just, it went off his body and went in. Nah,
1: he's got to get there though, Chris. Know, he's got to get I into know. that position.
2: Yep. It's a little more of the same in the second half. Uh, Roma continuing to attack the goal. But then Milan pulls one back with Pasilic, the youngster. He scores a header off a corner. Ball kind of like goes to the back post. And Juan Jesus fudging his marking duties. Just, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. Huh? Is yeah. that what you were saying to well, Sam? I,
1: I think... Jesus was looking around at some old mates of his in the San Siro. And, yeah, uh, I don't
2: yeah. know what the hell was going on there. Yeah, Pasalic, I mean, he got that goal, but he still needs to get his shape up. That man's wearing a helmet on his head. It's it's pretty scrubby. But then, uh, you know, Sharshar Binks gets in. He gets <laughs> subbed in. That's like a really nerdy Star Wars joke. You like that? Uh, they got a movie I'm out, c- right?
1: I'm kind of confused, so... Who's, Go for it. Who, who's this guy?
2: Jar Jar Binks is. uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is like, okay. And then Shara Binks is uh, El Faraone. Uh, yeah, it's okay. So, poor. so,
1: what why have you called him Jar Jar Binks?
2: It's just like it. I like no, saying. I, no, it.
1: I need to know why. Why like do you...
2: that one day I say, "Oh, Sharshar Binks coming in." So, anyways, he comes in. Oh,
1: like like El Sharawi. <laughs> that guy is that. That's El Sharawi Is El Shar Shara.
2: Binks. Sharshar Binks or Sonic the Hedgehog, whatever you want to call him. I'm going to be shocked if we use any of this. (laughs) Go go on, Monke. So he gets subbed on. Sharshar Binks gets subbed on and scores a nasty shot from outside the box. And I thought it was a perfect layoff. I think Jekyll was playing the optimal number nine with the head down. Loved it. Doesn't celebrate the the goal. Mm -hmm. Um, Pretty classy on his part. And then De Rossi scores a PK that, honestly, I don't know how it got by Donnarumma, despite it was just a trash PK. We all saw that.
0: Same kind of thing as in the OTFR game, right? Yeah.
2: Both both PK shots were kind of just dribblers that found found their way in, but not impressive. That's right. But speaking of Donnarumma, this guy, he upped his stock once again. Yeah. This behemoth child is ridiculous.
0: He's still 18? Is he 19 yet?
2: The saves that he was made, the one he made against Perotti in the first half, I mean, that thing was legendary. This guy is the next biggest thing, and I mean big. This guy's huge.
1: Yeah, what what impresses me is his footballing intelligence. He gets to plays before they get out of hand. You know what I mean? You know how you get some keepers that sort of stay back? I I think Chesney's guilty of this a lot. He doesn't come out confidently. You don't see that with Donnarumma. Yeah, he he's making the correct call early, and yeah. like you know, he's 18 years old for know, God's man. sake. It's no, nah, it's fantastic for the future of Serie. Yeah,
2: hope Milan gets him. I hope they sign him. And so the game ends. You know, one to four Roma takes the game, and thankfully they do that because uh, you know I think right now Napoli's hot in their tracks, and we're just looking for any. You know, moment to try to sneak a couple points on on Juve. We're getting a little bit closer. You know, still next week Juve could win in Rome, but still making it a little bit more interesting. That honestly, the drama really occurs when Spalletti doesn't sub in Totti in the last five minutes. <laughs> Look, Spalletti, this guy who looks like an Easter egg with a goatee, this guy has been putting Totti in the last five minutes the entire season yep. and when the entire Sancito is cheering for Totti to pay homage he couldn't put him in guys this is a travesty I I mean, am,
1: I'm not gonna lie I was getting aggressive with the television I don't understand because uh, you know Totti would have been on and would have scored that PK right
2: yeah, he would have scored the PK, but like, more more than anything, he would have gotten a standing ovation at yeah. one of the biggest stadiums in the world, and definitely in Serie. A, and he deserved it. And he scored some nasty goals in San Siro. So yeah, look, I don't understand Spalletti. You know, after the game, I regret coming back to Rome. You know, he talks about this whole thoughty situation being like a you know real big issue. But yeah. look,
1: it, it's. He hasn't made it easy on himself, though. You no. know what I mean? Like, now, I remember when Spalletti was in charge the first time at Roma, he, he didn't have the best relationship with Totti. But when he came back, I don't think anyone was anticipating that he was just going to, you know, leave him out in the cold. And uh, it, of course, the media are going to ask, hey, what about Totti? I mean, this is Roma. This is Totti. Like, it, if you coach Roma, you're going to have questions about De Rossi. And Totti, if you're not playing him. that That's just, that's what you get. And like, he knows this. So, I don't know. I, I can kind of empathize. Like, he doesn't like being second-guessed. And it's not an easy job being Coach Aroma. But I'll tell you what, it it comes with the territory.
0: And that that's, for me, it's, I'm with Spalletti and that team first, right? Uh, Jimmy Pelota said that today. I'm fully on board with that. And so, I give him... Give them that,
1: sure. Right? But the, the counterpoint to the team first comments that I hear quite a bit from uh, non traditional Roma people, and I, it, Totti gave up a lot to play for Roma, right? right? He could have won trophies with any team in the world, but he stuck to finish fourth and fifth with Roma year after year, and so. Well, that's what if I mean. Anyone. Breaks the rule of team first. I think it's, yeah, Francesco Totti.
0: But that, that's where, like this game, Spalletti loses me, right? Because I, right. I sent this around in the group. 78th minute, we go up 3-1. Pretty comfortable, even right. for Roma standards, right? 84th minute, so like six minutes later, we we have our final sub with a little bit left in the game. Yeah. I still feel pretty good, even as a Roma fan, that we're <laughs> going to win this game. And we bring on Paris. Parrish? I, I just don't understand that. that yeah. There was an opportunity there. Yeah. The game wasn't in question and
1: still... Even tactically, you could take off Xeco and you could have Totti providing bombs for yeah. the wingers. Like, I, that's a fine tactical move. Yep. And like, do you really need him to be tracking back to centre-back? I don't think you do. So, yeah. So the that's tactical what, argument... It,
0: it yeah. doesn't fly here. Nah. for Not for this game. You could nah. have brought him on on this one, but I, I usually side with the with, uh, team first, but this this just didn't feel right. So with that uh, in mind, I guess um, you come to Toti. Is it we're just going to be a showdown here between uh, Spalletti and Toti? on who's because Toti still hasn't said I'm definitely not coming back next year, right? That's just kind of a meatball hanging out there.
2: Yeah, I think he's done. You know, unfortunately, that's just it'd be weird at this point. I think if he came back again, it would feel like it's just like just drawing it out one more year. Right. I, you know, I think the team is ready to move on. Um and I say that with a heavy heart because obviously I love Tati to death, but you know, he is he does take up wages, he does create kind of a drama. There's that thing like big players you know aren't going to come knowing that they're playing second fiddle to a guy who's 41 years old, you know, no matter what they do. And it's just a it's just a fact of the matter. Like imagine hey Ibra you know, you want yeah. to come to Roma. It's like you want no number ten. Ma- forget s- it. Yeah you, yeah, right. s- you, yeah, you want number ten. Forget it. You want to score forty goals while well, yeah. you're still not going to be the the man, big man on campus. So it, you know, Tati does create barriers. But all that being said, Sam just said it himself. He gave so much to the club. You know, I, let's let's do this the right way, and. Yeah, again, I just feel so sad that he didn't get that standing ovation at Sunseto because yeah, yeah. he deserved it. But no, he's not going to be back next season, and uh, I'm looking forward to him being part of the Didi Jane, so.
0: I, I It's it, not new, right? I mean, we see. I wrote in the notes here like Jeter doing the whole stadium walk-off tour that everyone's giving him a gift. Yeah, David Ortiz had to do it with Boston, like Kobe Bryant. Yeah, exactly. Kobe Bryant did the same thing where we're just like saying goodbye to a legend, but. They're Steve
1: not, War, Australian yeah. cricket player. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Sam. Yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> um, that's, that's for all the Indian fans out there that listen to the pod. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, man, I, it's 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 a shame to see legends go. But yeah.
1: uh, what do you guys reckon about the uh, midweek statements of um, Monkey, the new uh, sporting director yeah, for Roma? Do, do you reckon that was just a slip up, or like the media were putting words in his mouth?
0: I think the administration wants to force hands here. That's, yeah. that's what I think is going on. So, yeah. we'll see. Uh, drama unfolding, unfortunately, with our club. Um, Roma in second place with 78 points. And Milan in sixth place with 59 points. Still hoping for that last uh, Europa spot. But, um, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not making it easier on themselves uh, with a few remaining weeks here. Up next, guys, we've got Napoli and Cagliari. This one finished 3-1. Napoli takes second place for a day, but then still up, end up in third by the end of the weekend. This game's in Napoli, and it takes two minutes, guys. Just two minutes for Drace Mertens to grab his first goal in the day. He runs into the six-yard box for a tap-in. Nice little birthday present for himself on his 30th birthday.
1: He looks like he's about 12.
0: Yeah. Well, he's
1: like the buddy of a 12-year-old.
0: He's like 5'2", yep. Yeah. <laughs> he's aiming
2: for 30 goals this season, what he was yeah. saying all week.
0: Yep. Uh, and uh, he is going to get it because uh, it continues. His his show continues in the second half, just outside the 18-yard line. Uh, he nutmegs a defender, and it didn't look like a good shot. But the uh, Cagliari goalkeeper, Rafael, doesn't see it after the nutmeg. It's 2-0 Mertens, 2-0 Napoli. And as Marco just said, thirty goals for the new thirty-year-old on his birthday. So,
1: you guys reckon Napoli can hold on to him?
0: Uh, he's he's the last one, right? Yeah. Everyone else is signed, and yeah, uh, his contracts up. Yeah. Um, if sorry stays, why not?
2: Right?
1: Yeah, fair point. He's he's been one of the form players of Serie A this year.
2: I don't think so. I think that you know he's going to watch how his fellow countrymen uh hazard has been doing in the premier league and think i could do that too make, yeah. make a little extra money too
0: all right um the only thing i want to mention with uh colliery they did get a crap goal at the end it was just napoli sleeping on a breakaway 3-1 but guys the story for this one uh, for napoli this week now that we've discussed that they're in third place already napoli and tinder have struck a partnership. Have you guys seen this? No. I did see that. This is fantastic. I it was so funny. <laughs> did you guys, you saw the commercial with Milik? Oh, I put it out on Instagram. It's out on Curve America's Instagram. Arik Milik, it's it's basically him sitting in a chair, uh, and this is the quote: "Is just he's back on the pitch and back in the game, <laughs> back in the game." So wow. I guess the way this works is it,
1: it must be so hard if you're a professional footballer in Naples. I mean, yeah. who on earth would want to go out with you? I just don't understand. Exactly.
2: Back in the game, exactly.
1: <laughs> Do you reckon he like does his own texting, or does he like he's get got a, someone? He's in got the club? someone. He's got an yeah, assistant yeah.
2: for that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, apparently it works as uh, if, if uh, you swipe right on his profile, which I think I'd be a little weirded out if I saw something pop up on Tinder. of, Oh, right. Eric Millick is in my Tinder, Tinder I, chart. I don't
1: know. I'd go on a date with Millick. Yeah,
0: right, right. Uh, he is a footballer. But uh, if you swipe right on his profile and he likes your message that you send him, then you could meet him. So And then he finishes off by, must love Napoli, wink, and there's just no punchline here. I just think this is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. He, he says it in English. And uh, um, oh, yeah. Tinder thing, uh, it just reminds me of Rocky Balboa and Rocky too, when he's shooting the commercials for Beast Aftershave. In the morning, I splash it on and it makes me smeal manly. I, Marco's <laughs> may not get that, but I'm hoping smeal? Sam. Smeal? Yeah. Exactly, that's actually in the movie. They <laughs> yeah. say smeal.
1: Yeah, it's like the whole point. So.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, you too, huh, Sam? Jeez. Hey. So what, what do you what, guys do on your free time? Yeah. Just watch classics? Classic movies, yeah. So, guys, the question for you is, uh,
0: what do you think of this hookup collaboration between Napoli and Tinder?
2: Think, uh, it's a, I think it's a good way to get more fans, and
0: maybe? We got, we got Sam's answer that you'd go on a date with Milik. Oh, so. it,
1: 100%. I, I, I think it, it works. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, like, also, I think Napolitanos are crazy enough to sign up. Just because Just for that the football team is right. doing it.
2: Yeah, right. I 100% think that's. <laughs> all I'm saying is that he better be buying. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that.
0: He's buying the pizza marguerite That's right. Well said. All right, guys. So, uh, all kidding aside with that stuff, the remaining games for uh, Napoli here. Um, what do you think with, with Napoli's schedule here? What do you think they got to be most worried about? Keep in mind. I mean, they they were in second place for about twenty four hours uh, this weekend. So. I,
1: I think they only have to worry about Roman's games. Um, honestly, Napoli are playing untouchable football right now. They just need to keep it going and uh, just wait for the Rossi to slip up and uh, strike.
2: That's right. Yeah, they get the wind behind their sails. Uh, I don't think their their upcoming games are, are going to be too tough.
0: Okay, so they do have a couple uh, tough ones. they got Torino this weekend away, and then Fiorentina at home, and then Sampdoria, which after this OTFR game uh, this week, I don't think anyone's got to worry about them. But Torino and Fiorentina, those are some tough games.
1: Sure, but those teams have nothing to play for right now. Napoli do.
0: And and except messing up Napoli's schedule, which might be some motivation there. Okay,
1: okay, but... I'd still think Napoli should be heavily favoured going into those matches.
2: Yeah, they'll be okay. And they have the wind behind their sails. Uh, again, you know, it's it's all on Roma right now, and yeah. uh, next week we'll be telling.
1: One more thing on uh, social media with the uh, Napoli-Cagliari game. Uh, Francesco Totti gave Marco Borriello one of the golden... I saw that. Yeah, one of the golden boots. Some of the
0: golden boots, that's right.
1: Showing it off on uh, Instagram. It was nice.
0: Yep, liked that a lot. Um, All right, guys. So we'll see if Napoli can squeak by and get that second spot. They're in third place right now. Just one point behind Roma, 77 points. And Cagliari is all the way down in 13th place with 41 points. Up next, we've got the football score. This one is OTFR and Sampdoria. OTFR scored seven, seven goals to Sampdoria's three. And the headline for this one is, What in the hell is going on? OTFR continue their amazing form, plundering Sampdoria to the tune of seven goals to three. Go ahead Sam.
1: Yeah, this game broke all kinds of records. Now I'm not going to go into details of every single goal because there was goddamn 10 of them. <laughs> Kate Balda opened the accounts of OTFR in the second minute and he got a penalty shortly after when Srinja hauled him down as he was clean through on goal.
2: Skriniar. Your...
1: the Sampdoria defender, was then shown a straight red card and that was basically it for Sampdoria. There were a man down, Immobile slotted the penalty. But then something amazing happened. The Genovese scored. And they pulled a goal back through Linetti to make it look like, hey, we might actually have a game here. All right. Unfortunately, that just made OTFR angry. Holt, Felipe, Anderson, and De Vrij all scored before halftime. <laughs> what do you reckon the halftime talk was in Santoria's dressing room in halftime?
2: Don't embarrass me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Guys, you know what to do here. Close your eyes and lose. <laughs>
1: Well, they did just that because uh, shortly after halftime, Lulic got on the score sheet and then Immobile, uh, Immobile scored again to push it out to 7-1 to one by the 70th minute. Thankfully, Fabio Qualiera... Quags. Quag, 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 made the scoreline look a little bit less heinous for Sampdoria. but geez, that yeah. was a brutal game to observe.
2: Yeah, Yeah, it was bad. I mean... OTFR right now. What was it? Six three. It's all right. So sixteen. My engineering brain is counting sixteen goals in three games. Is that correct? Chris? Sure. Yes.
1: Sure. Let, let, let's agree with <laughs> that.
2: until Very we verify impressive. next week. <laughs> Look, guys, <laughs> they got Keita Balde right now. That what you know against Roma, he was just he was awesome all over the field, he was and awesome. he's been scoring at will. You know they can just kiss him goodbye at the end of the season. I think he's going to be going, moving on somewhere. And uh, you know when Felipe Anderson is in there and Immobile is scoring, these you know this trident is probably the most one of the most dangerous ones in City out right now. So. I think that uh, you know they're they're way too far out of uh, from Napoli. They're not going to get into Champions League, but man, they're definitely playing like a team that could do work in I, Champions I League. I got to
1: tell you, it's it's actually a damn shame that they've left their run so late cause the, or it's the,
2: not a damn shame. Well, <laughs> the
1: the form they're showing, it would be good to have you know a team like this playing like that the whole season. And you know, I think Inzaghi's done some fantastic things. With OTFR and you, yeah, like if you're one of their fans, you got to be thinking like, is it enough to make the Coppa Italia final? Is it enough to beat Roma in the Derby? Like, you could probably do more.
0: Yeah, I think everyone was talking for them just being a sneaky good team this year. But I think you're right, Coppa Italia. How much does it mean? They definitely won in the Derby, um, but not Champions League. I mean, they're yeah. they're a top tier Serie A team. So I think you're right. Maybe they're expecting more.
1: Yeah. So. Next season, if they can hold on to Keita, then I think, you know, it's possible that their uh, the ambitions will be, you know, realigned accordingly. But I tell you what, if you can't hold on to these players and OTFR do not have a good track record of holding on to, you know, their best players, then, yeah, sorry, flash in the pan. So what? 16 goals, doesn't matter.
0: That's right. All right, so we got OTFR fourth place with 70 points. And we've got Sampdoria, lowly Sampdoria in 10th place with 46. Let's finish off the top five, guys, we've got Atalanta, the Darlings, playing Udinese. This one finished 1-1. Atalanta stumble at Friuli Stadium,
2: but still managed to gain a point towards Europe. Yeah, Udinese and Atalanta exchanged blows in the first half. But overall, it was looking like Udinese was the sharper side, straight out the gate. You had Cassie, Conti, and Freuler out of the match for Atalanta. So you knew that it was going to be an uphill battle. Uh, but realistically, you know, Atalanta, they're in good shape right now. They got some clearance from uh, Milan right now to, to get into the to European spots. So, you know, I think they were in a good position for this game. Uh, Brian Cristante opens up the scoring Right before the half, with a beautiful looping header from the corner kick. I mean, this is Sports Center top ten. The way he takes it, moving away from goal, heading backwards, upper ninety, unstoppable. And Cristante, yet another young revelation for La Dea this season. I mean, how many do they need to have? Cassie, Conti, Gomez, who's been good for a while. Cristante, they, you know, Caldara. They, say, you know, they already sold. Uh, Gallardini, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, there's something in the water. Yeah, they really had a great season for Atalanta. I honestly would not I was thinking, you know, Gasperini maybe he's the next in line for a big job well, over there.
1: last time he had a big job was what, Inter Milan? Yeah. And I, I guess Inter didn't, you know, didn't stick with him for too long, but oh, it, that three at the back, I don't think the world was ready for it. Whereas now, three at the back, that's
2: Looking That's a pretty
1: good. yeah, it's a pretty common formation, and a lot of a lot of managers are having success with it. So I think in a way the times have caught up with Gasparini.
2: Another youngster, Stepe Perica, he's 21 year old Croatian. He scores and levels the match in the second half with a shot off his own rebound. And guys, just like Brian Cristante, this young Croatian, he looks really strong. He's a big forward. One more in their city. I think this guy with some grooming, he's gonna be a real big prospect. That's what I love, man. Like Udinese, Atalanta, they got these young players that just you know look good. Petagna, he is another one. You know who I I saw. There were some rumors that he might be going to Milan after this season.
1: Yeah, he's class. Class. He
2: he tried to score a bicycle kick at the end of the game, but it's it's too little and too late pretty even game overall and i think it was a fair result for both sides get some foreshadowing here i think atalanta although they they stumbled a little bit to you know for their quest for europe uh they got some help from the milan sides and they've still got the clearance hats off to the friuli stadium honestly it's it's a modernized stadium now uh you know a, an example for other clubs uh, it wasn't completely full, but also an impressive show at the beginning. So hats off to the Udinese fans in the stadium. Um, you know, not a super exciting game, but still solid Serie A match.
0: I didn't get to see the highlights in this one. Was it Atalanta group, uh, their crowd pretty pretty good here?
2: Atalanta you know i think in the in the good, away session section showing. they they did their they did their piece you it's know it's
1: quite it's quite a distance to get to friuli from uh, to bergamo
0: up in north italy there but uh i that's my story for atalanta i know that it's cinderella's but i just love how excited uh they are in bergamo for this team yeah. that all the home games are just nuts and uh it's it's just cool to see so
1: yeah uh, i think we're a broken record on atalanta i just just hold on to just hold on to half just of them hold guys on. just just don't <laughs> sell them a year early yeah. please
0: <laughs> all right so we got Atalanta fifth place 65 points definitely making some room between them and the Milan teams after this weekend and you got Udinese in 11th place they've got 44 points we're going to take a quick break and jump to the middle of the pack This week's episode of Curve America is brought to you by Sumner Furniture. Sumner Furniture are office furniture experts based in the Washington, D.C. metro area. They provide high-quality new and used office furniture for all-size jobs ranging from just one chair to million square foot offices. Sumner provides space designs, commercial moves, delivery and installation for projects nationwide. Check out their website, SumnerFurniture.com or their eBay store. Contact them and mention Curve America for an additional 10% off any new or used office chair. Up first, we've got Inter and Genoa. This one finished 1-0 in Genoa's favor. They take a step away from the danger zone with a surprise win over Inter. Inter definitely had more chances in this in this one, guys. Uh, just couldn't put it away. Um, you start just looking for the big names, usually. Um, but they all got subbed off in this one, starting with Genoa Simeone for, for uh, the first surprising sub. He goes off with an injury in the 19th minute. And super sub, Pandev, comes up. Fast forward to the 70th minute, and the super sub hits it. Pandev is the difference maker, putting away a rebound with a decisive scissor kick. Marco, how's your Italian?
2: Sforbiciata. All right. Or in uh, Romanaccio, sforbiciata.
0: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> We've got the dialects going on this podcast, too.
1: Ex, uh, ex interplayer too.
0: Yep. So, super sub there. Uh, then we go to the next usual sp- suspect, this, si- this time for Inter, and it's Mauro Icardi and Edair. Pioli clearly taking them off and throwing on fresh offensive legs, going for the victory, and you can't blame him because if he's not getting results, they're not getting Europe, and it all goes out the window, and Pioli's job might go out with it. Uh, I've, I've heard some rumors here of maybe uh, this might be on purpose.
1: Yeah, look... Uh Inter Milan have not won a game since they beat Atalanta seven weeks ago. Um, AC Milan have also fallen off the Europa spots, and uh, there is talk out there that this may be accidentally on purpose. Now, I'm not saying they're going out and throwing matches, but what do you guys think? Is it in a top Serie A club's advantage to be in the Europa League? You gotta come back to preseason training early to play in the qualifiers, and then you've got an extra game during European weeks. You're playing on a Thursday, it's closer to the weekend, less rest. Can you actually play in this middle tier competition and still challenge for the Scudetto?
0: I I just think uh it's what you race for. You want a European tournament, so I mean, I, I get it. I, I get why teams would want that, but uh, I don't think you do it. I think you want the to, if, if you're
2: making big moves in Europe, that means you're getting bigger players. That's right, and I don't know. It's hard for me to believe, uh, especially with the like, you know, the 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 fans, the expectations the fans have to just be losing games left and right. I mean, you're you're gonna end up getting your coach going to get fired your players are going to get jeered sure, so I don't so think do you anybody think wants
1: Pioli's that. job is in jeopardy right now
2: oh 100% i thought pioli's job was in jeopardy as soon as they got out of the realm of uh, of of getting into europe cuz we we
1: were talking champions league when uh, when they smashed atalanta
2: yeah we were and you know that's the expectation yeah they the teams that the players that they have and you know Icardi being at the top of the goal scoring charts as well they expect more out of these players. They brought in a ton of players at the beginning of the season, remember. Um, just not good enough from either of the Milan teams. And Inter, you know, I think they they had the better shot of the two Milan teams going into the season. Yeah,
1: they've certainly got the squad.
2: Yeah, it's just, it's poor.
1: Yeah, I uh,
0: Pioli, I, I always, you know, if Simeone's hanging out there, I feel like Pioli is justified keeping his job after the season. I, do you remember how bad Inter was with the Icardi mass and DeBoer? True. You know, he's True. he's but, earned his job, but yeah.
1: uh, but they, I don't know. I I am not a big fan of Pioli. I, I think with that Inter squad, I think any coach with his salt should be winning games. I mean, these players, they they're legitimate stars in that team. Like mm-hmm. they they're not a I think Milan have more room to grow. You know, that's a younger Milan team, but these Inter players, they should be performing better than they are right now. And I think the whole club's got to have a good hard look at itself.
0: Yep, including in this game, because right now they are losing one nothing, And uh, it gets to the end of the game. They do get an equalizing chance. There's a handball called late on Genoa. And I saw this one live. I saw Berdiso. His arm was definitely out. It was unintentional. It was a tough call to take. I'd have been furious if I was a Genovese uh, fan up there. But, um, you know, probably the right call. And so we got Candreva stepping up. Is he going to save the day for Inter? No, and gets denied, and the Genoa fans go nuts. Inter freaks out to the point where Condogbia gets a red later on. It's all said and done. Genoa holds on, one nothing. And so we've already kind of talked about this, but uh, with this result, is 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 it Inter an appealing place to end up in this summer transfer? I, I think the biggest allure for them right now is. Hey, look, Inter is a storied club and you want to go and rebuild it, right? That's why you would want to go. But... Yeah, and they
1: got sackfuls of euros for yeah. anyone who wants to come. They got new ownership. They have the money. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's a sleeping giant. They can't maintain this level of mediocrity. They, they, something's going to give and they're going to explode soon.
2: Yeah, I agree. And uh, just it's a matter of time. When a team has history... It, it, it's cyclical. And I think they're going to come back.
0: Well, we'll see.
2: Right now, they're sitting in seventh
0: place with 56 points. And we've got Genoa. They're down in 16th place with 33. So they're they're almost in that danger zone race with uh, Empoli and Crotone. More on that later. But Uh, Until then, let's keep rolling on the middle of the pack. Up next, we've got Fiorentina and Sassuolo. This one finished 2-2. Bernadeschi snatches a draw with the last kick of the game as the season's underachievers draw in Florence.
1: Yeah, it was a funny old match. Uh, Milan Badel from uh, Fiorentina went down early with an injury, which made Sousa go to the bench, and he brought on Bernadeschi, who didn't waste much time before grabbing the spotlight as he moved forward into Sassuolo's defensive area and then must have felt something similar to what a touch would feel like of a human hand coming close to your back and then he dove to the ground and sadly for all of us watching, the referee fell hook, line and sinker for this act and awarded Fiorentina a penalty.
0: All I can think of now is the Seinfeld,
2: I think it moved, I think it moved.
0: No Seinfeld takers? No? Just me <laughs> I like Seinfeld, Seinfeld
2: I, man. I, I but, love Seinfeld, oh. but I don't, I don't... I don't have a oh. database in my head like you do. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, anyway, Sassuolo's keeper, Concili pulled off a heroic save from Kalinic's <laughs> penalty, and in a rare show of justice from the footballing gods, the scores remained 0-0. But soon after this, Valero lofted a gorgeous chip to the onrushing Chiesa, and Federico made no mistake with his finish to put La Viola, a goal, to the good. The match turned on its head though in the second half when Fiorentina's captain Gonzalo Rodriguez was sent off for his second yellow card as he clattered into Domenico Berardi. It was a pretty tough yellow, but it was made even tougher once Politano stepped up and slotted the penalty to tie the scores at 1-1. Then Sassuolo's substitute looked like he won it. Iamello scored from a corner in the 85th minute. But the footballing gods weren't done with poor old Sassuolo as Federico Benadeschi curled in an absolute heartbreaker deep into stoppage time to save La Viola a point. Gentlemen, what was the point of this match?
2: What was the point of this match was to kind of, I guess, find their pride after they uh, lost against Palermo. And look, a lot of stuff going on in the background. The the Viola fans, uh, they... They put out a banner saying like the, you know, like I think they were like threatening their players after the last game. Uh they've had such an up and down season. I mean, more downs than up. And you know, the 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 place that they're at right now in, in the table, it's amazing. 56 points tied with inter, despite all the terrible results that Fiorentina's is withstood this year. They're still kind of eighth place. And not completely. I mean, I guess they're out of out of Europe, obviously. But a couple of those games swinging their way, they could be in the picture. And so it is kind of amazing a team that's so talented uh, just just tying Sassuolo a week after losing to Palermo. It's it's sad. It's sad.
0: Bernadeschi goal was great just an effortless curler uh in this one but uh yeah. yeah on the season man Fiorentina Laviola man just uh hot garbage I'd
1: say the only positive would be both their goal scorers yeah. are super talented young Italian players yep they're yeah if the team is going to get better it's going to be the back on of these kids
0: and we've we've run out of stuff to say for Sassuolo. Just just a tough tough year for them. Shocker shocker how bad they've been.
1: Yeah, well that's the danger of the Europa League, Chris. Yeah, there See, you go. See that's an There's, advertisement yeah. as to team why teams don't want to play All in the right. Europa
2: League. Maybe I think that the biggest problem was that Ber, um, Berardi uh, Berardi got the biggest problem was that Berardi got injured early on in the season, and it kind of just messed up their momentum. Then they they they, they fell out of Europa League and then Berardi took a while to get back because they got players right I mean they got De Frel they got Berardi they got uh, Pellegrini Polidano yeah. I mean they got the players man it's just uh, again they momentum morale it, it all came down on them and uh, just a poor season overall I'm I'm happy to see that they're, they're going to be safe though you know they're going to be back next season
0: Sam trying to get more takers on that, that rumor about Milan and Inter uh, tanking. Just, uh,
1: just putting it out there. <laughs> Hit us up on social media. Wanna you know? want to know if you, you bite.
0: All right. We got Fiorentina in eighth place with 56 points. And we've got Sassuolo down there in 14th with 40. Up next, guys, we've got Chievo and Palermo. 1-1 in this one. The Donkeys and the Eagles. we got an animal battle
2: here. All right out for a lousy point in the game of the week spelled with an A. That's right. The, this game is kind of like when you go on YouTube and you look up the animal battles, right? <laughs> and you put in donkey versus eagle, and you're like, oh, my God, hell yeah. Oh, they got this. They got it. They, I can't believe they have this. That's a how, flying donkey How did monker. they, how did they <laughs> find a donkey and an eagle to battle, and then you see that it's CPG, and then it's like, <laughs> that's basically this game because, you know, it's just a 1-1 draw between two crap teams and it's the game of the week that's right w-e-a-k uh the game uh the scoring gets started off with Pellicier. uh it's in the second half he gets his 107th goal in A. Pellicier is a classic guy uh i'm happy that he he's he's still scoring he's an old dude uh but this is after bobby english earns a penalty kick uh and it breaks the deadlock uh, but then, Pelicier, he must be getting a little C now because he makes a big mistake off a Diamante free kick. He kind of, like, headers it towards his own goals, putting in Goldeniga, and uh, it's really a ball on a silver platter. He ties, ties up the game, saves a point at home for Palermo. But look, the sad part of this game is that Palermo actually had a couple more chances. Uh, it's just not that Rosanero's... Uh, Rosanero's season they're going to Serie b you know they're getting ready as we speak and i think the pod should just be wishing the best to gatsy he got hit out of the air in the first half he came crashing down looked like he was in real pain he had to get subbed out so yeah. hopefully it gets better yeah
1: i saw that i saw that he was taken off with a neck brace it uh, yeah it didn't look good
2: poor little ginger Sorry to
0: hear that. Uh our thoughts to uh our two friends in Sicily right now, but uh that's all we got for the uh the the, the beautiful island down there.
2: Well, we got we got a, a Challenger, right? In the tattoo battle. Yeah. Uh the, the <laughs> yeah, Baccalini, the the pre, the president of palermo the alleged all, president that's monger. right all that's tatted right. up with his nipple piercings well now he's got competition i think icardi got that new tat looking yeah, fresh
0: we didn't talk about that in the inner game but icardi man geez just a full body lion tattoo with his kids names all over him uh i mean if baccalini serious about this tattoo game yeah, that's Step game on. up game on absolutely I
2: get that eagle
0: and perotti of course we threw in there too because neck tattoo gotta mention it <laughs> All right, we've got Palermo, 19th place with 20 points in this one. And then the Flying Donkeys, Chievo, they're in 12th place with 42. Keep it rolling, guys. Getting more closer to the danger zone. We've got Empoli trying to keep out of it. They've got playing Bologna here, 3-1. And who wins this one? Damn it, Empoli. Empoli took this one again.
1: Yep, Empoli stood up and said, screw you to every Non Tuscan Serie A. It's a fan in the Crouton Nation, they're sticking yeah, it man. to us. No, they're sticking to anyone who wants to see a close relegation race. <laughs> yeah. Daniele Croce got the party started, scoring the opening five minutes, put amply one up. He uh, reacted quickest to a loose ball deep in the area. Then Bologna in their fluorescent green drew level with a super solo effort from Simone Verde whose name also means green, All right. skipped past two defenders <laughs> on the edge of the area and unleashed a left-footed curler that was too good for Skorapsky. But this was soon forgotten when Empoli's Manuel Pascal let fly with an absolute screamer of a left-footed volley from well outside the box. Keeper did pretty well to get his fingers to it, but that thing was traveling faster than a playoff ice hockey puck and burst into the net. All right. Shortly after the second half got underway, Empoli knocked in a third goal, and Bologna, Bologna, basically just stopped trying to clear a corner. The ball fell on a platter to Costa, who then prodded in the winner to keep Empoli just far enough away out of the panic zone. Oh, we the got a one. new
0: name for it—the danger zone. The danger zone. You got to brush up on your Richard. Well, i I'm, I'm
1: thinking like the, you know the two points, three points above the Danger Zone Can be called the Panic Zone. Trademark it, Sam. Trademark it. Just just putting it out there. I like that. You know, let's see if Dick Whittle uses it next
0: week. All right. So, yeah, Empoli here. Third win in four matches for Empoli, who's suddenly scoring goals this season. Yeah. Um, They've got...
1: Breaks your heart, really, for like, Yeah, particularly for the Croutons. Crouton Nation, yeah. Yeah, Empley are just turning it up right now.
0: (sighs) Yep, Empley, 17th place, 32 points. That is four points ahead of Crouton Nation, which we're going to talk about next. And who else we got here? Uh, Bologna, they are in 15th place with 38 points.
1: Boring.
0: Yes. But now it gets much more interesting because we go to Richard Whittle's... The danger zone. Oh, put it in the danger zone.
1: Oh, you've upset the dog.
0: All right. He's Pepper, also afraid of the danger zone. <laughs>
1: it's growling at the window.
0: <laughs> that's, that's pretty standard for Pepper. Uh, all right. We've got two teams down here in the danger zone, Crutoni and Pescara. Pescara already relegated. This one finished one nothing. Cruton Nation's favor, Crotone has learned how to hold their own in the Serie A, but it might be just too little too late since Empoli and Genoa keep winning. You could hear the crickets in the stands for this one, guys, and it's a travesty. We're in Richard Whittle's danger zone. It's like the fifth mention of Richard Whittle in like two minutes here. Croutone Nation is feeling it. I mean, the last six games, we've got the joint best record in Serie A with Napoli. Napoli also has four wins and two draws, just like Crotone. This equals their point total for the last 29 matches.
1: Inspired culture.
0: Absolutely. That's how you learn. But Pescara's stands are empty for this, and I guess that's what happens when imminent relegation is going on. So there's not much to report on this one, except for the goal of the week in Serie A. Super sub Tonev rips a shot from 30 yards out and whistles to the far corner. No shot for the goalkeeper. 100% 100% worth checking out on YouTube, fits nicely into the Crotone narrative. The Sharks, the Pitagorici, whatever nickname you want to use for Crotone Nation, they're streaking, man. And it's giving away, uh, just trying to stay up. They're, they're trying their best. God bless them. And it's one of the more exciting races in the table, i got to be honest. Like, Juve's taking the Scudetto at this point, basically. Why can, not get excited about Crotone? Can
1: someone throw these guys a rope or something? Yeah. Give them a hand. I mean, they're just they're getting the results and they're just going nowhere on the table. It's killing me.
0: Looking at you, Empoli. Throw them that rope. So, guys, are you on the Crotone bandwagon
2: yet? Yeah, I've been on the Crotone bandwagon, but i got to say, good for Empoli. And I, I, the one thing that Empoli's got going for them is that they have the rivalry with fiorentina they got the tuscan derby so right. i like having the derbies in there i did say a couple of times that i wanted genoa to get replaced with the croutons but even they have an awesome oh, genoese yeah. derby yeah. against sampdoria so if you if you keep those games in Serie, a, i'd rather those teams be in than a team like the croutons
1: marco do you remember when there was a palermo derby
2: uh, who would they play? Catania? That's
1: Sicilian, yeah, Catania. The other big city.
2: Yeah, that was good, too. Yeah.
0: Alright, well, I'm on the Crotone bandwagon as well. Let's see what they can do. Um, we've talked about the points already. Let's turn our attention, guys. We'd be remiss without mentioning the Pescara-Suli-Montari racism story. It's gone international news. Uh, honestly, it was on CNN's main page today, so... Just a little bit of the backstory. story. Muntari, last week, after receiving a yellow card when he mentioned the racial taunts being thrown at him, apparently from a kid, unfortunately, in the stands, he walked off the field in protest in the 90th minute. He offered his shirt to the kids post-game, trying to encourage them to change their cheering up. Everything Muntari has done looks like he was a stand-up guy and and, and tried to make a, a bad situation, uh, trying to make it positive. Um... He faced a one-game ban from the league for dissent against the referee.
2: Well, he was trying to get the game suspended.
0: Yeah, and the, and the ref wouldn't have it and, and uh, chastised him basically for talking to the fans during the game. Uh, so that was his first yellow. And then he gets another yellow for actually walking off. So he's got two yellows here and is facing a ban because of it. Fortunately, after seemingly a global public outcry in this one, the ban got lifted from Syria and Wintari is giving interviews on, on how he faces this kind of stuff every single game in the league, and just as a Serie A fan, guys, uh, it's troubling. I, I just It's unfortunate to hear, and, and a solution needs to come from it. What would you guys, uh, how would you tackle this issue?
1: Look, the league has to do more. I mean, it's a problem, and the fact that Serie A as a whole is now, you know, well tarnished with the racism accusations, uh, you you can't have scenes like this where uh, you know players are getting punished for being racially taunted. I mean, the, the and league trying to has fix to, it, yeah, yeah. yeah it, this isn't so. I mean, I I don't think the re, it, it's necessarily the referee's job here, but the league as a whole, and I think the club as a whole needs to do something and hold their fans accountable. And um, we see this in other sports. Uh, a similar thing happened in Australia uh, several weeks ago in uh, the Australian rules football. A uh, player received a uh, racial slur from a member of the crowd. They were identified, and now they've been banned. They're not allowed to go to any more matches. So it, the league has to do something and say, you know, this isn't good enough. We don't stand for it. And I I honestly don't think Serie has done enough yet.
2: Well, uh, it's, it's the same, you know, use technology... Uh In the Premier League, they use the cameras all the time to to single out fans that try to like bring things in the stadium or do bad things and and uh, honestly, you know you don't really see that as much uh issues you know in the stadiums there there is hooliganism but not as much as many issues in the stadiums itself themselves uh in the Premier League. I think that city needs to start incorporating these methods because. One thing is to ban an entire fan group because of a couple people. And honestly, sometimes that gets the fans even more angry. And it's, it's I'm, I'm not saying that it's, uh, it's good or bad. I'm just saying that it could sometimes have an opposite effect when you can single out fans and either, you know, reprimand them legally or just not allow them in the games. I think that's the way to go.
0: I my thought on this is this hurts Syria. I I want this league to be the most uh, impressive league, the most fun league, and this is a deterrent to try to get the best players uh, uh, in our games and 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 in our uh, uh, league. So it needs to be remedied, hundred percent, with everybody on that. Uh, I think the league should step in and, and really be more vigilant on it. Um, uh, I guess just as a Syria fan, I, I you know. I feel bad for for Montari here. My thoughts go to him because no one should have to go through that. He's a soccer player playing the game he loves, the game we all like to watch. Um, shouldn't have to go through that as, as a player or frankly as a human being. so on that uh sour note, we hope Syria does uh, uh uh do something about it and and improve uh the league for for the better of everybody. We'll leave it there. And I uh, wanted to just see, guys, looking ahead. We've, we've completed Week 35 here. What Week 36 games are you looking forward to in this upcoming weekend?
1: Well, it goes without question. Uh, the top two clash, Roma-Juventus. Um, what Roma will we see? And will Juventus do the unthinkable and rest players?
0: Interesting.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think that yeah, they're going to try to win the league in Rome because uh, they don't want to leave anything to chance. Um, that's the game of the week. I want to see this Torino Napoli game too. Um, obviously, we got one eye on Napoli, one eye on Juve, but we got to be careful. You know, we got to just get the result at Juve and then hopefully Napoli drops some points too.
0: Yep, as excited as I as I am for Crotone Udinese going off at 9 o'clock uh, Eastern time, uh, it's it's hard not to say Roma Juve and Torino Napoli, man, those are two great games, uh, hoping for, for some, some great action in those games. So, with that in mind, uh, we should mention we've got some Roma Club DC guys who will be at the game for Roma Juve in Rome, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Um Looking forward to Tad and Leslie uh, coming back. Uh, hoping Tad joins us next week.
1: Yeah, this dog misses you, Tad. It's going crazy, yes, man.
0: It's going nuts. Uh, please come back, guys. Please. Uh, <laughs> uh, we also want to thank Sam again for sitting in. Uh, we appreciate you uh,
2: helping us out.
0: No one, worries, one more,
2: One more uh, shout-out to the uh, Football Yesteryear podcast. Uh, they did an interview. Um, they interviewed me uh, over Skype, about Roma Scudetto win in 2000, 2001 season. Check them out. It's a cool podcast and they talk about all historical games, uh, and facts about soccer. So check them out. All right, guys, we'll look forward to talking about week 36 next podcast.
0: Until then, ragazzi, we say ciao. Ciao a tutti. Arrivederci. Ciao, ciao, ciao.